Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. With the conversation with Anas Sabit, uh, we lost him there on the phone lines. Um, but hopefully next week, when we come back, we'll reconnect uh, with Anas and then we'll speak to him. But let me leave you with this one um, from 77-year-old Dolly Parton. She calls this one, Hello God. And she says, Hello God, are you out there? Can you hear me? Are you listening anymore? Hello God, if you're still on speaking terms, can you help me like before? Enjoy the evening. Up next is Springboard. Hello, are you out there? Can you hear me? Are you listening anymore? Hello, God. If we're still on speaking terms, can you help me like before? I have questioned your existence. My resistance leaves me cold. Can you help me go the distance? Hello, God. Hello, hello. Oh, this old world has gone to pieces. Can we fix it? Is there time? Hate and violence just increases. We're so selfish. Welcome to Springboard, your virtual university. My name is Albert Okran, matriculating you into Ghana's foremost developmental program and the place of convergence of the greatest minds since 2008. Springboard is brought to you by the Springboard Roshi Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse, the enterprise group UMB Bank with media support from the multimedia group and the graphic business. So here we are back with our top 10 series bringing you resource persons that you love to hear from and finding out the top 10 lessons they would like to share with us. By the time you graduate today, you will have found out the top five lessons or learnings from my guests who have known since primary school. And even more importantly, their top five prescriptions in their ideal Ghana, the country we all love and look forward to building. My guest for today, Bridget Jobonuku, the founder and executive director of the Mentoring Women Ghana. Bridget, good to see you. Good to see you too. Afishapa. Um, it's been quite a while. I know. Uh, I know that I've uh, been on Springboard before a long time I ago. I remember. Pa. When you were in uh, Osu Presby. Yes. 
and I'm happy to be back. Uh, we've advanced <laughs> now. It's uh, a lot of technology. I know, right? You know, well done. Thank you very much, Bridget. And I speak for the several people, especially the young ladies who look up to you, and to say that you, for many people, they relate to you on one part of your life and think that is all that they know about you. So for the benefit of those who are coming from the various hearts Bridget has won, let me say that with a limited edition, Bridget has been a sportswoman in the school days. You remember that one? Yes. Then a certified <laughs> empowerment trainer, a beauty queen, corporate working with Anglo Gold at a while. At, I worked at a point. Uh, before it became known as Anglo Gold, it was, it was Ashanti Goldfields gold in Tanzania. That's yes, where I right. Yes. And then also for 12 years as general manager of Aviation Social Center, yes. where I played tennis with you and I lost. Oh, you did? Oh, eh? Yes, I remember that. Wow, one, that, one, that one. must have been the very few times I won. And that was the last <laughs> time I came there. <laughs> <laughs> then also vice presidential candidate for a political party. Then you've been a champion of women's enterprise, doing some fantastic work. I remember the one in the Volta region with women doing palm oil, Jimmy. palm oil, beautiful yeah. project. And then now doing work with mentoring young ladies. Do you feel sometimes as if you've lived two full lives in one? I don't feel that I've lived enough. Um, there's, you know, there's so many things you dream of becoming and you're asking yourself, how much more time do I have <laughs> to, to become those things? So yes, um, I, I thank God that I have come this far, uh, but there's still a lot more I want to become or to be, and uh, I hope that I'm taking the right steps to get there. I'm curious to hear um, about your lessons, but I mean, growing up, did you ever, ever think that this would be the canvas of your life? Uh, no. You know, you grow up and you're, you're influenced by your environment and your surroundings and what you are taught. So you see your life in a certain way. Uh, you finish school, you'll probably meet someone, you'll get married, you'll have a family, you work a corporate job, uh, and yes, and, and on and on. And there are people whose lives are like that. But I think that we all have different callings and, uh, and for different purposes for which we are here. So then uh, you, you get to, I mean, I never ever thought that I'd be vocal to the extent of going into politics, never. I, I, I was one of the, I'm not a, I, I used to shy away from uh, conflict, but I find that I am there and you know, uh, today I was listening to a radio station where they were talking about Jacinda Ardern, who has uh, retired, if you like, from active politics in, in um, uh, New Zealand. And she was prime minister, right? And she did it her way. And I think that you can, everybody, you can do politics your way. And th th that is it for me. I hope I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pinching from the soup before it's served, but... Talking about that one and everybody having a life, a life of their own, one of the things that we share in common is having fathers who have military antecedents. And I found that when Anita S. King came on the show, she also had the same. And I've interviewed quite a number of people who are uh, military um, children, if I may say so. Is there, is there something I can pinch from that chapter of your life, growing up having a father who was in the army at the senior level? Yes. Give me an idea. Uh, I think that growing up, look, 
those of us who grew up as children in the military are very unique. We have no, I don't think we have actually given it attention. We are first generation military children. Mm. Our parents were the first to be enrolled in the military and their children, they, we are their children. We are the first generation of children who grew up in the barracks. Uh, I know that the, 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 there may be one or two who are older than that in a previous, but there aren't many. Those of us who went to the military schools, who were taught military discipline through the schools, who were taught to, uh, you know, taught like military children, regimented, if you like. And it wasn't a bad thing, you know. I think that tough. we are uniquely placed to make a difference in this country. And you'll find that you are here, there are some in the media, Kwame uh, Safakai, yeah, and, and the lights like that. Yeah. You just mentioned Anita Eskin. There are many of us in, we have been placed uniquely to make a difference. And we are quiet. We should speak up yeah. and, and talk about our experiences and how we have been placed to make a difference in this country. I'll tell you what, Malcolm Gladwell formed a habit of looking for hitherto unnoticed patterns and then joining them like a thread to draw conclusions. And yeah. it's a habit I'm beginning to develop of okay. just observing and seeing there seems to be some commonality in this space and then yes. finding out the reasons and then beginning. So it's just something that came up and I just thought I would mention it to you. But let's yes, go to it's not for nothing that we found ourselves there and we should actually sit back and think and say, why me? And right. what am I supposed to do with that upbringing and experience uh, of that life? Right. So maybe that will be another conversation. But today's about your the top ten. Let's start with the five lessons. They can't be the biggest, but five big lessons from your life that you would like to put on the plate as a mentoring gift for anyone watching you and seeing, can I learn from you, from your mistakes, from your, from your successes, from your learnings? So let's do it this way. I mean, you may, you may give us the, 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 the lines and then after that we can break it down with what made you pick that one as, as a lesson. So values, principles, well, lessons. The values, the values. Uh, recently I was on this viral video because I went and opened my big mouth and talked about values that we lack. Maybe I should talk about values that we must have right. because I, I try to stay in the positive. Right. So um, the first one, of course, I've already spoken about is discipline. Okay. Uh, there is still a need for a lot of discipline in, in, in our country. We so have me, I'll start with first with the, your, your personal values and then I'll come to your ideal gun. So let me start okay. with the, So you say discipline is so number one. So discipline is one of my values. Right. And I said earlier that um, we must think why we were placed in certain places. I grew up in the military barracks and uh, I was taught discipline. Uh, and I went to Wesley Girls High School. I was, discipline was enforced. And discipline, in fact, uh, is not that punitive thing we think about. I think when we talk about discipline, people think, oh, uh, you're trying to sit on my happiness or you're trying to punish me. 
Discipline actually helps you live your life methodically. You know, um, it takes discipline, for example, if you go and see your doctor and your doctor says, you need to uh, uh, put yourself on a diet or you need to exercise. It takes a certain discipline to say, I will wake up at 5.30, I will go for my walk, I will eat so much uh, uh, and not all these things so that it's, it's, it takes discipline. And that is discipline. It takes discipline to say, I will stop at, a traffic, at the traffic lights when it turns red. It takes discipline, and it's not punitive. It's not sitting on your happiness. I like that part where you say it's not punitive. Yes, I think we see discipline as punitive. And the moment we, we see it as punitive, we resist it. Mm -hmm. So for me, the first value is discipline. I like it. The second one for me is humility. It is easy, especially amongst us here in Ghana, for people to say, oh, yeah, so you're a big woman. You're a big man. And it gets to your head. One of the lessons I took from growing up in the barracks and being my father's child was his humility. He spoke about it a lot, but I suppose in my old age, that is when I've come to appreciate humility. My father retired a general, or was retired a general, if you like. Uh, I say to our peers that growing up in the barracks, we had a privileged life. We did not know what was outside of the barracks. We are the ones who had department stores in the barracks. We had our schools in the barracks. We had banks in the barracks. We had our churches in the barracks. We had a cinema in the barracks. Mm. We had access to the mess, which served soft drinks and entertainment and all that. We grew up as privileged children, although we don't realize it. Now, um, it takes a certain humility not to be cocky. My father, like I said, retired a general. So we, we had, you moved into a house where there was everything, furnished furniture, a fridge, crockery, down to even the napkins you use. But you, and, and you had people who served you. You had uh, the, what they call the Batman. Yeah, Batman. And on occasion you had the cook. You could get very spoiled. But my father taught us, each of those people in that house, we called uncle or we call them by their rank. And they were not your cooks. They were not your batmen. In fact, Papa, my father, would not uh, uh, countenance you giving your clothes to them to wash. They were not yours. We were taught to be humble. Is it a temptation that you think especially if I may say so, people who have made it face, or children who have, of parents who have prospered uh, relatively yes. face, yes. that detachment from those household chores and those things that are an integral part of our growing up story? Do you think that it's? Yes, you may face it. I mean, you may choose not to let your children do that, but you must teach them to respect those who are doing it for them. 
the nanny, the house help, excuse me, the cleaner, and whoever else is in the house, you must teach them to be humble and to appreciate those people who are there to help them or to serve them. Right. You know? So that was, that was the second one, humility. So first discipline, second one, humility. Yes. Let's go to your third one. My third one would be um, honesty. Honesty. It takes a certain courage to be honest. But that also was something my father taught me. And then it was talked up at Wesley Girls High School. Speak true. Speak true. It takes a certain courage, like I said. You must be very courageous to be honest. And most times, we are not honest because we are afraid of what people will say. But if you are speaking your truth and you are even able to say, I am afraid and therefore this is what I will say, it's good. Do you think that we are, as a people, we are too concerned about how people see we are us? perceived. And, and what people see about us? Yes, you see, we, we would like to fit in. And because we like to fit in, we want to be, belong to a church, we want to belong to a political party, we belong to belong to a certain family. We are afraid sometimes to offend by our truth. But, like I said, it takes a certain courage. And Escuchas ese rugido? Sientes la experiencia de poder? La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. You are actually proud of yourself if you are able to stand by your truth and say, this is my truth. Yes, I did this wrong, and yes, I did that wrong, but I am growing and learning, and therefore, this is my truth. So you're saying that we should not be afraid to be vulnerable? Indeed. So I think, you, as I used Jacinda Adens, she said it. She said, I can't take it. I don't have any more fuel in me to carry this thing forward. Vulnerability. And vulnerability is actually strength. So I'm learning every day. Yes. So let, let me ask you, I mean, if in your parenting journey, in your mentoring journey with the young, especially the young ladies, would you, for instance, gather a group of young ladies and tell them not just about the highs, but also the lows of your life. I have. I've been doing mentoring. Mentoring Women was established in 2009. And each year I tell them. Where you failed? Where I feel, I won't call it failure. I call it learning and growth. Okay, so the language is important. Yes. I think positivity. You know, you must be, you must always look on the other side, the positive side of it. It's learning and growth. Uh, I think it's on my WhatsApp profile that I have that pick yourself up, dust yourself off and start all over again. It's, I think it's a Nat King Cole song. It's, one, it's a Sinatra song. Uh, nothing is impossible, if you please. When I find myself on the ground, I pick myself up, dust myself off and start all over again. It's learning and growth. So yes, you make certain choices. Uh, it didn't turn out the way it was supposed to be. Sometimes you make certain choices that you know I mean, it's, often, it's hurtful to someone. Ultimately, your choices, if they are hurtful to someone, are not good choices. But you make them. And then from those choices, you learn and you grow.
you know, I'm, I'm staying on this point for a while. There are several people, especially young people in our travels around the country, that start life with great aspiration, that stumble. Stumble because they messed up one exam, some relationship went bad, something didn't go as much as, as well as they would have liked, mm -hmm. and they have people ramming it down, they are reminding them always of how uh, they, they, they didn't make a certain standard that they were, they were supposed to have attained. And sometimes, just the courage or the strength to say I'm rising above that setback and moving on is not there. You are saying that they should treat them as learning and growth. And learning that, and growth. And if you remain where you are, it's failure. I say, and it's one thing I was going to talk about, I'm in a process of growth. I have not arrived. I am growing every day. Every day I face new challenges. If I'm able to surmount them, I grow. Mm. Even if I feel I'm not able to surmount them, I learn that next time you don't take the step or you don't take that step. It's growth. And there is nothing like perfection. Nobody, that's a human condition. We are all in a process of learning and growth. And if you do not recognize that, Anything, any living thing that stops learning or stops growing, dies. If we take our lives like a tree that is growing, each day, each time, the tree is branching off somewhere or other. The rain comes and beats down on it. The sun comes and shines on it. The sun, the tree is growing towards the sun. So the tree has a vision. But some storm will come and break a branch off. Then you see that the tree starts growing in that direction, but it will still, still continue towards the sun. Barack's girl, athlete, leader, mentor, um, frontline, have you ever sat down one day and cried and felt helpless? Oh, indeed. Tell me about it. Oh, many times. Like you said, a relationship that didn't work out. Um, my mother died. <laughs> my father died. My very good friend died. Um, and then you realize, oh, I don't have as many friends as I realized, I thought I had. Um, life doesn't turn out, you're broke. <laughs> I'm sure in this, in this yeah, month, I didn't get you have several people. You're broke, yeah. right? You cry. But I have God. Amen. Yes, I have God. I, 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 I'm a Christian. I went to Wesley Girls High School. Uh, when I was in the barracks, we went to the Methodist Presby Church. I am a proud Christian. I defend Christianity with a passion. Uh, I find a lot of people these days, my friends on uh, 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 social media, bashing Christianity. I know the good is done for me. Amen. I know the good is done for me. So I don't care that somebody who is my friend is bashing Christianity. Feel free. It may not have done any good for you. I know the good is done for me. And I, I, I love it. So at the end of the day, um, God, God comes through for me. So in the, even in the moments when it's dark, you, you kind of know that somehow it will work out. You know, when it's dark, my one prayer is, you know what, God, whatever the lesson is, please let me learn it quickly fast, fast, fast. and let's go on. <laughs> because this is too hard. Wow, I like that. I like that. So that is it. This is Springboard University University, and as is my custom, after I learned the lessons for a while, I detour a bit into, into the life of my guest and find out those parts that um, people don't often talk about. And she says there are times when she's cried and felt helpless, lost a loved one, relationship didn't work, mother, uh, parent died, and a friend died, and she looked and said, wow, 
But even in those moments, in those times, one thing that kept her going, she knew God will come through. Three big lessons so far, if I haven't missed any. First, discipline, Bridget. Second, humility. Third one, honesty. You were sharing something about growth, but I hope I didn't jump the gun. Oh, we are number four. Number four would be love and compassion. Love and compassion. I think I touched on it a little bit. Whatever you're doing, if it is hurtful to someone else, be careful. So whether it's, you know, I find that we don't have a lot of love and compassion. We call, we say we are Christians, but we are very judgmental. As long as the person isn't doing it along my lines, uh, they are wrong and they are sinful and, you know, and all that. Sometimes we must look at it from the angle of the person or put ourselves in that person's shoes and say, and say if I had that experience, if I had that childhood, if I had the, env- the same environment with that person, might I not have been like them? And if you are able to relate to that person like that, then you are a bit more uh, compassionate, a bit more loving. You are able to treat the people with a, a, a bit more uh, uh, care. Uh, uh, this morning, for example, I was coming, uh, I was driving out, and I was with a... Uh, my my sister's son, Kobnai, who was in the car with me. And we saw a mentally unhealthy young man on the streets, you know, not covered very well. Um, but he was having his breakfast, his cocoa, you know. And, and I was saying to Kobna, when I see them, I wonder where their mother is. And Kobna quickly pulled me into reality he said you know ma sometimes these boys they don't come from here they came from the uh, community or a village somewhere with the intention to come and make life in Accra and then they lost it and the mother doesn't know where he is she thinks he's in Accra making a living and this is him and he pulled me back immediately because that was judgmental that was to say ah Which mother would leave their child like this? But he pulled me back to reality. And immediately, I I wonder how I would feel being that mother. And we must always compassionately put ourselves into that person's shoes and not judge. I'll give you even credit for the fact that you paused to think about the person as a person who had a mother. Let's be real. Many times we see them almost like statistics. Another mad person. That's human. No. <laughs> On the contrary, it is a man who brought your attention to the Indeed. Em- empathy. But so it is not. What, to think that it's, it's, it's a woman. I'll tell you what. Ever since I had my son, I have seen them as someone with a mother. I don't know. It just came to me. Ever since. I had a child. I started to see other people as somebody else's child. Right. And therefore, it's a question I would always ask. I wonder where his mother is and how she feels. You know, and um, today, Kwabna gave me another perspective. Beautiful. We grow and we learn. Beautiful one. Yes. And I'll tell you what. 
I'll tell you what, I, I mean, and this is, I'm, I'm glad you're having this conversation because I have friends who sell by the roadside whose name I know. I know where they live. I know where they buy their supplies. I know their perception about political leaders. I know their perception about faith because I park my car and I and talk, talk to, to them. them. When I get there, they call me by name. If I yeah. ever drove with you to Anglobo traffic lights, you'd be surprised at how many of the guys know me by name and they will mention my name and I will mention their names. Okay. So they are people. They, they have, each one has a story and some of them, and I've seen some of them graduate on the streets. I mean, there's uh, some very pronounced ones who have graduated into corporate lives and lived and are living very full lives, but they started on the streets. Yes. So it's a very interesting angle that this conversation goes to. So that's point number four for love and compassion. What will be number yes. five? Number five will be, I have quite a few. <laughs> I'm wondering whether to go for self-responsibility. or I talk, talked about trusting God, although it's not, I didn't make it, but trusting God is one of them. But I think I'll talk about self-responsibility. Right. We are all responsible for our lives. The day I moved out of my father's house and probably went to University of Ghana, that was the end. I cannot continue to blame my parents for what they did or did not do to me or for me. Nor can I blame if I had one, a spouse, or blame anybody. My life is in my hands. And if I go wrong, it is what I did, not what someone did to me. And if I go right, of course, I take the credit for that as well. When I teach my empowerment uh, workshops, you find that a lot of the women who come there come with res um, relationship issues. And we are always ready to blame the other person but we never take responsibility. Taking responsibility, there's a Nigerian proverb I hear that nobody can give you a haircut in your absence. The word haircut has become very famous in these days. This one is a real haircut, <laughs> not a financial one. Right. Nobody can give you a haircut in your absence. Right. So whatever someone does to you, you have placed yourself in that position for the person to do what they did to you. You have made the person actually think and believe that it is okay for them to do whatever they did to you. So you can continue blaming that person and you will make the same mistake. But if you look at it and say, I place myself in this position and therefore, uh, what do I do next time? What impression do I give of myself so that this is how this person can treat me or people can treat me? This is Springboard, your virtual university, and my guest for today is Bridget Jogwendiku. Bridget has several different things she has accomplished, but I will stick with she being the founder and executive director of Mentoring Women Ghana. So Bridget has been sharing her lessons of her life with us with some bonus lessons, but she's mentioned discipline growing up in the barracks and how it was taught and going to Wesley Girls and how it was enforced and how it has followed her throughout her life. And she said, discipline is not punitive. It helps you to stick with what has been prescribed for you, example, by a doctor or by the law, stopping at traffic lights. Number two is humility. And she says, even growing up in the barracks, you learn to call those who serve your, your, your dad, uncle, and by their rank, instead of saying there is a cook or a batman. 
And she says, three is honesty. It takes courage to be honest. And even when you talk about the things that didn't go well, share them as part of your learning and your growth. And that is being honest. Number four is about love and compassion. She says, treat people with respect and don't be judgmental. Be more empathetic towards people in relating to them and you will be able to relate to where they are in life and get the best out of them. Number five is self-responsibility. She says, hey, stop looking at that parent that should have done this for you or that other person that could have been more supportive. Look at yourself and where you are as a result of your choices and rise up from there and move forward. Your bonus, I like the Nigerian proverb about nobody giving you a haircut in your absence. Your absence. It's, it's lovely. In fact, I started thinking about my hair right away. <laughs> <laughs> and then the bonus ones, growing every day, she mentioned, she mentioned faith in God, she mentioned learning every day. I'm going to go for a break when I come back. She ran for president of this country. Let's find out from her. What would be her ideal Ghana? If she's not in Jubilee House, at least let's find out what she thinks we can do to make this country great and strong. Please don't worry. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este... Comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Kojo Korea. I chair the Billy Goats. No, for leaders in school time. I am sending you this WhatsApp audio because you are the group admin. Did I not sit in the same class with you? As them. It took the group more than three months to contribute only a thousand CDs for me. When it took just one week to contribute the same amount for Nana. looking faces. A situation like this can be avoided. Sign on to Alumni by Enterprise Life. Designed for members of all students' associations. You decide a fixed amount that covers the lives of members their spouses and two adult relations say bye-bye to unequal welfare contributions with alumni by enterprise life it's possible charlie call daniel on 0246-373653 or karen on 050-162-7361 dream big with us enterprise your advantage <laughs> When you can go anywhere and never feel alone, how far will you go? When you have the means to make your dreams real, when will you start? When your voice can reach every ear, who will you inspire? When your money can travel faster and further than you ever could, where will you send it? When you can tell a story in every language, which ones will you tell? When nothing can stop you, and everyone's behind you, and, and the, the whole world, world awaits, awaits you. Don't go alone. Go with us. Everywhere, Everywhere you, you go. go. Aquama, UMB. 
is proud to offer you the best business solutions possible. We have been excelling in serving Ghana since 1972, and our sole interest is to make your business succeed. We are committed to making you to become number one in any sphere of business or enterprise you are pursuing. With our experience in growing some of the biggest SMEs in Ghana, we can support you become the business leader in Okanshi, Suami, Abusokai, or any of the SME enclaves in Ghana with our SME solutions. Our latest SME loans allows you to take a loan backed by the value of your cash flow and inventory so you can increase your trade efficiently. Speak to our business bankers or visit any of our branches now. UMB Bank, you first. Welcome back to Springboard Investor University, brought to you by the Springboard Roche Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse, the enterprise group UMB Bank, with our media partners, the multimedia group, and the graphic business. My guest for today, Bridget Jobenuku, helping us to unpack the lessons of her life so far. And we've gotten discipline, humility, honesty. Love and compassion as number four, and self-responsibility as number five. In the rest of the program, we'd like to find out from someone who sought the highest office of the land as president, what her prescriptions will be for the ideal Ghana. Pick your iPad, your phone. Let's con continue this conversation on social media. Let's engage with the hashtag, my top ten or my ideal Ghana all my life lessons. Let's have this conversation. Bridget, what would be your number one prescription in your ideal Ghana? Not in any particular order. Number one? Well, my number one, and in, the, in this order being okay. number one, would be gender. Okay. And Talk women, about. especially women. We, I think the, there was a leader, I think it was a child, I think it was Marsha Tong, who said women hold up half, half the sky. Uh, our women in Ghana, we women in Ghana are more than half the population. But even more so, we contribute more than half to the economy of Ghana. But we, when it comes to leadership uh, in Ghana, we, we are sidelined, we are put aside. There's a saying that, you know, it, when you allow women into leadership. We are not coming to take power away from men. We are actually coming to complement for the good of all of us, for everybody, not just uh, for women. Seeing that we command or we contribute more than half to the economy or uh, whatever amount it is, how much, however much it is, should we not be allowed into leadership, into leadership uh, decision-making positions so that we can actually make a difference. When we were talking the other, uh, a few minutes ago, you mentioned about, oh, we, people see statistics. The interesting thing about us women is we don't see statistics, we see people. When we go to campaign, when I went to campaign and there was a crowd, I saw people with livelihoods and needs. And that is the honest truth. You see people and you ask them, what is it you need? What, what, what is it you do here? What do you grow here? What is your, uh, what do you live by? What do you cultivate here? Honestly, wherever I went, that was the question I had because I was interested. That is why I do what I do with my women in, in V and Afajato South District. 
they produce palm oil. They produce a very superior grade of jomi. You, you can ask anybody who buys my jomi. Why should they remain in, why should their product remain in Afajato South and, and not have a name? So for me, it was so that that product, that brand, comes out onto the shelves for the benefit of the consumer, but also for the benefit of these women. That was, it wasn't for profit. It's, it, it's more, it was initially a social thing. They had a good product. So you're saying that being a woman helps to see things differently and to approach problem solving differently. We see things differently and it's complementary to what you people, what men also see. And a lot more women. Which we are complimented to you. Yes. <laughs> and apologies, not no, that's you okay. people. That's but okay. you must bring, you know, women must be put. And I don't say it, uh, you know, I was at a forum recently on gender, and someone kept saying, we must be allowed. No, we, the women, must also step up and be heard and make inroads into leadership positions whether at the local level, whether uh, at the legislature, and even in, in the executive, you know? So let me ask you a question. Yes. And, 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 this, and, and I ask this with all, I, I want to learn. I, I, yes. I sit in this chair and I always want to learn. Sure. So help me to appreciate how to go around. We found ways to do this, but this is one part of our program that doesn't get seen, that until recently, even getting a, a lady or female, female leaders who are doing well to step up and speak on this broadcast, or on the other platforms that we create, in designing them, we always ensure, and you can check our posters, check, we ensure that what is within our power, we create equity, we create 50-50. There are programs we've had that have 60, 40 women speakers. But there are times when, several times, I must say, that you will invite somebody you think is doing great stuff, and the person will politely say, oh, they wouldn't do it. Okay, next year, next year you go again, they wouldn't do it again. Someone say, me, I don't like it, I feel shy. And I'm saying, that, I'm saying that we found ways to go around it, but I'm just saying that while we look at the call to create platforms and create opportunity, I'm glad you also are talking about stepping up because it balances the call. Mm -hmm. If not, even the platform can be created and getting candidates to step up uh, and, and put themselves forward will be difficult. What do you think? Yes, um, it takes courage. People see me and say, hey, you are brave. Yeah, so I, it's not that I'm brave. I fear face the fears too. It's not, you know, was you it, go. Was it, was it rough on the campaign? In certain places. In certain places, but generally, you, you are accepted. You see, you are a, you are a woman, and you you have to face men, and you have to deal with men, even within your party. It's a constant battle for them to say to see, I won't do it like you. I won't go on a radio program and and boom, or. Uh, gets into a combative uh, scenario with a, a radio presenter or a TV presenter, which is often the case. 
the presenters and I was saying at this gender forum that we need more women in the media on the political programs. Because most times as a woman, when you go, it's almost as if we are ready to face you and to put you down and to uh, intimidate you. And some of them are very nice and calming and uh, uh, welcoming. Some of them are just there to, to actually, you know, uh, show you up. So it takes a certain courage. It takes a certain uh, wisdom, if you like to say, I'm going to diffuse this. But you must always step up, step into the fear. Okay, so Step number one is gender, especially women. You say it is in the order in which you want it. Oh, would all be number uh, That was the number one. Yes. Okay, the others may not be in that order. So the second one would be our spirituality, actually. We are getting bashed, especially those of us who are Christians, uh, for uh, all kinds of things. And um, uh, what we don't realize is that there are other spiritual spiritual sciences, if you like. We Christians are being bashed because some of us are not practicing Christianity in spirit and in truth. And people feel deceived. And uh, that has come to the fore, I mean, recently, if I should use an example, in this building of the cathedral, for example. And this is when we must take a step back and say, are we actually practicing our religion in spirit and in truth? Because we've made it a very big thing. It's a big thing for this country. And since we are talking about where this country should be going, we must really, if we are saying we are Christians and we are 70-something uh, percent, is that it? Yeah. We must do it in spirit and in truth, not for the showcase. Not for people to, to think that, oh, uh, he, he goes by the name Christian. And you know, we may be Christian, but we are not perfect. We are all striving to a certain uh, level of spirituality. If you want me to use a, a certain level of sanctification. And therefore, uh, we, we may fall, we may stumble, but it must be in truth. And it goes back to my point about honesty. So you are saying that and whether we are Christians, bashed. whether we are Muslims, whether we are Hindu, whatever spiritual science you choose to practice or what religion you choose to practice, it's in love and it should be in truth. So you're saying you want to see a bit more of honesty and a bit more of truth and a bit more of love in the yes. practice of our faith. Yes. Okay, what will be number three? Number three will be our education. What about it? Let's stop qualifying people and educate people. We seem to want to qualify people. And in that uh, video that went viral, we seem to celebrate qualification without education. So we have qualified people without values. We are rushing people through our education system and politicizing it. So we say in our time, so many children went through high school. So many children went to university. So, but what is the value? What values are we giving them? And what is the value of that education we are giving them? So let's stop trying to uh, um, um, politicize for political uh, expediency. 
a certain education system that is not educating our children at all. It's almost like an assembly line where we are rolling them off and saying, okay, we've educated this number of people, when in fact we have not. The quality is poor uh, and they are just qualified. They have SSC, they have, and yet deep down inside, there's very little exposure. There are very few values with which we've educated them. When we were in school, we were not only being taught to pass our O level. Yes, Wesley girls, we wanted the, so many distinctions at O level and so many A's at A level, but there were still the values. There were still the, you know, the cleanliness, discipline, commitment, visioning. There were all these values that we were taught. And therefore, our education requires more than that. And it must start from the basic. We must start from the basic. I mean, our basic education right now, if you listen to the statistics and you listen to the amount of uh, money uh, that is being voted, even if it's being paid to it, uh, the FQ, is poor. So we're just passing the children through the classrooms, and at the end of the day, we say, yes, so many passed. Let's stop qualifying people and really educate them. them. All right, so the first one is gender, especially women. Second one is our spirituality. You say you want to see more spirit and truth. And third one is education. You say, let's stop qualifying people and let's educate them. Oh, we're number yes. four. You're number four. Number four, as I said, not in a particular order, but our economy. You see, we, we have oil, so, and we have cocoa, and we have gold. But those are the big or the higher um, elements that contribute to our economy. And because we keep it, again, at statistics level, our economy is not actually considerate of the people and their livelihoods. And if we really took the economy down to the people in the communities and their livelihoods, we would be doing much, much better. In every area of Ghana that I have gone, everywhere I have gone to campaign, they have a microeconomy. Everywhere. I mean, I talk about my women in Afajato South, but there's so much more in Afajato South. There is tourism. There, there, there are other uh, crops that can be processed. Um, I remember when I was uh, campaigning in Navrongo in 2020, I had a young lady stand behind me, a noisy young lady. You know, and she was well-spoken. She spoke very good English, and, but she was noisy, agitated behind me. So at some point, I turned around and I said, what is your name? I can't remember exact, the exact name she said. It must have been Florence or something like that. So I said, oh, Florence, okay. What do you do? And she said, I'm a nurse. And I said, oh, you're a nurse? And she said, yes. And I said, oh, so you're in the general hospital here? And she said, no. And I said, why? And she said, well, I qualified two years ago, but I haven't been posted, so I'm at home. So I said, so, so how do you eat? And she said, oh, we farm. I said, what do you farm? She said, oh, maize and millets. And she said, yes, so in the rainy season, we farm. We farm our maize and millets. And in the dry season, we eat it. Wow. <laughs> and I thought, and the way she said it is that in the dry season, we eat it. And that is it. It's just basic things. Things that satisfy food, shelter, clothing. The, the microeconomies in the uh, um, districts and in our communities satisfy those. But we have not invested in them. 
we are looking at the big macro gold uh, 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 cocoa uh, oil yes it will feed the macro but down there where our women all they want is to educate their children is to make sure they are healthy is to make sure they have food to eat we need to pay attention to that and add value to that everywhere you go to beyond Dambai, it's yams i mean uh, and they have large uh, uh, yam we we haven't paid attention to the road there let me put a microphone in your uh, in your hands yes. and the attention of the nation towards bridget and help me to appreciate what do these people want they just want to eat they just want their daily bread they want their shelter and they want their children educated and healthy what do they want leaders to do differently invest in their economies invest in their small economies look that idea of one district one factory it's not a bad it's a very good idea but the implementation of it okay why is it not why don't we have yam crisps why don't we have a factory in dambai or Nkwanta or one of those areas where we have yam crisps so that when they have harvested the yam and even the roads are impossible to ply to get to Accra and you see all these yam tracks you know broken down because of bad roads if then you, the yam won't go rotten if you are processing saw, there talking about yam i saw a friend's a video a friend showed me yesterday of how much yam he had harvested i saw john de Mello's video as well trying to take charge himself of the distribution of his end product after all the years of after all the hard work done farming and, 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 and i'm thinking of the yam, the yam chips but why can't we process someone them? would argue that the is the exact reason why the districts are being created in the factories to process the yam that you mentioned you see before the districts but are they being created you see ruled out in faces uh, it's been politicized open it up open it up and allow other people open it up so that my women in Afada to south can have a, a factory to package their palm oil so i don't have to carry it from ve four hours five hours to Accra to package. Will an outgrower system not take care of that since they don't have the capital to invest in the factory? Will a partnership outgrower arrangement not take care of that? A partnership outgrower? Catherine Kroboyduse, who was telling me about um, her vegetables and, and, the, and the demand she has for processing that goes way beyond what she herself can grow. Mm -hmm. And she was showing me how she has a large number of farmers who she helps them with the inputs and the capital, little yes. capital, and then helps them to plant so it can feed her factory for processing. And I'm saying that we'll, we'll, something like that not work. It, that it won't some. work. I mean, it's, they are not mutually exclusive. Right. But um, she is able to help them with a little capital because Catherine has been in Eden Tree and all that for a long time. Far, yeah. There are other people. I, my business is not that big. It's, it's growing. You are giving them the market, which is a very yes. big part of the I'm world. giving them the market. And they're looking, there are, there's potential for exports and all that. We, we've actually done one, one export before. Let me go to your last point, and I'll come back and sum it all up. What will be your fifth point about the ideal Ghana? 
Sanitation. Big one. And environment. Sanitation and environment. And for me, we are very competitive people, Ghana. We are very competitive. We, I have to be better than you. And that is, that's another thing we need to talk about. But it has its good sides. And I say to deal with the sanitation issue in this country, let's have intercity, interdistrict, interregion competitions on the cleanest. Um, I can nominate the, the, the capitals. I can tell you which one will be first, second, or third. You never know. Oh, it I, will change. Based on my travels, I will tell you so, as it exists currently. So as the it exists will change currently. It, but my candidates, oh, easy crap. As it exists if currently. If I say it, I'll get troubles. I won't say it. Well, but you mentioned one of them already. You haven't been to V, so. Oh, I can tell you that who will definitely be in the top three. But I won't mention any other one because I'll get trouble. This <laughs> is my hometown. Okay. It's close. Sounds, it's well. close. I, I, was, I, I love the project. I've been there. there, there. Yes. Beautiful place. Let's continue. You so know. you want us to create a ride on our competitiveness to create intercity, interdistrict, interregional cleanliness competition. Yes. It sounds interesting. Yes. I think it's the nicest prescription so far. I, I keep saying that is that would be the solution. We will clean. No, wait, wait. We will clean until we sweep the the, the, the uh, dents. You know what? <laughs> I, I think it's real. I think it's so real because I'll tell you why. I posted one day and said, okay, so this year I went around to all the cities. At that time, I, I, mm -hmm. I won't mention which one was the lowest because even now, when I say it, people still get upset. But the two cleanest cities were Ho and Sunyani. So yes. I said this is fine. and they look alike. And I said so. This is finals. Let's see which one of them is the cleanest. Come and see postings. Come and see postings. Yes. People defending their, their original capital yes. and say it's the cleaner yes. one. And it was just a simple post. I said, yes. me, Albert, I traveled around the country, yeah. went to all regions to see. Mm -hmm. So these are the two cleaners. Which one is cleaner? Come mm -hmm. and see. The passion. Yes. So I have a feeling that this your idea will work. It should work. And it, and it doesn't sound like anything that will cost a lot. No. You, look. I wrote, I wrote you, it. The best of your five ideas. Even if you put school kids. <laughs> Even if you put the school kids and the churches and say, because of this competition, please, churches and school kids, help us. We want to win this competition. We will clean Ghana until people will start looking for debts to clean. You know what? You've won. This is the best idea so far. I'm telling you, it's just so doable. Vote for me. And you don't need to <laughs> <laughs> So my friend Bridget Jovenuka has been with me in the past uh, helping us. And of course, stop galancy. Hey, Sorry, but I, I had to bring that. The, 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 stop they call that one the bonus point. Bonus yes. point. Bonus point. Still on the environment, but I tell you what, Bridget, I think this last point is very doable, and I, I always look for that one thing the person says that you say, listen, you don't need any foreign donor to do this one. We can do it just with a bit of inspiring the people and challenging them. Your thoughts, Bridget, over the past uh, have been one. Your life lessons have been one discipline two humility three honesty four love and compassion and five self responsibility which one is your favorite honesty honesty okay then on your ideal ghana your first is gender especially women you say you hold up half the sky and so we should make a conscious effort to allow more women into decision making not allow as as much as Empower. let's also women also let's step in okay. there's a yeah. saying if i should cut you shelly chisholm she ran for 
Congress. She was a Congresswoman, a black African-American Congresswoman in 1968, I think. She said, if they don't give you a chair at the table, bring your own folding chair. Right. So when they have those community meetings and they don't call you the women, please Pick your chair. take your plastic chair. The second, one is about, the second one is about spirituality and you're seeing that while we may get bashed, we should look at ourselves and live more in spirit and truth. Those were your words. The third one is about education. You say stop qualifying people and educate them. And don't politicize the system and bring people out like a mass production without exposure and values. Yeah. The fourth is about economy. You, you talked a lot about your travels around the country and what people are doing at the community level and how that can be empowered to help them live uh, better lives. And, <clears throat> and the final one has been about sanitation and environment. And you see, let's just ride on the competitive, the competitive nature of Ghanaians to create city or town, intercity, district, and regional competitions on cleanliness. And it will get people to rise up and do it. I think that that's a very beautiful point, Bridget. Not to say that there is another, but that's something I really can relate to very, very, very much. And I want to say a big thank you to you, um, Bridget, for making time with us. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. I have. I have so, very much. I would like to say a big thank you to you, Bridget, for making time to join us. And yeah. I'm sure that when we, when we come together once again, we can explore a bit more of not just your principles and values, but also your experiences, wow. especially the ones in the, in the towns and villages. I love to hear them. I love traveling. And I, I think that tourism is one thing that we should <clears throat> give our, our attention to this country because you, you're right about what you said about about what we take for granted being big tourism attractions in other countries that people are paying money for and probably going forward one of the big conversations we must have is about repackaging the whole framework on which we live our lives because a lot of what we have can be monetized as a nation mm -hmm. to change um, our situation so thank you thank you too right this has been springboard your virtual university once again having our top Escuchas ese rugido? Sientes la experiencia de poder? La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.